Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. Let's do a quick review. We've had two messages in this uh, series on agreement. It's been powerful. Pastor Frank, always powerful. The Holy Spirit flowing through him. I just want to do a couple of the PowerPoints and just kind of review for ourselves. And maybe if you're a first-time guest, catch some people up. Or maybe you didn't get it. Just a couple points to get in to the heart and big idea of the message. First point. Agreement with God. Agreement prayer is forming a partnership. Everybody say Partnership. This is the big idea. We're forming a partnership, guess what, with God, the God who made heaven and earth. We're forming a partnership with God that employs the prayer of faith as we open new doors, shut old doors, and release supernatural power, come on, through powerful intercession. What a big idea. God is coming and has offered us partnership with him. We love him because he first loved us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. He's reached out and offered us a partnership with him. As we would come and accept Jesus as our Savior, as we come, he sends his Holy Spirit to indwell us and empower us. He gives us his written word. He gives us the body of Christ, the church of the living God, so that we can partner with him. But we have to accept that partnership in every level. And as we come into this season of 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're coming in and saying, I want to increase my partnership and my relationship with my God. Can I hear an amen? That's the big idea. As we come into 2010 we're going forward, we want to really come into agreement with him. Come on, he's the senior partner, we're the junior partner, but it is a partnership. We want God to take his super and come and touch my natural that I could be supernatural. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That truly, his life, I could think his thoughts, speak his words, move with signs, wonders, powers, just like he said I would. It is a partnership. And it's on Pastor Frank's heart and the Holy Spirit to bring our whole congregation and say, let's come into agreement, let's come into a new partnership and go forward together and see what God would do in 2010. Agreement prayer with 21-day fast. Agreement as a church, is a powerful force in the kingdom of God. 21 days of agreement is praying with united prayers, harmonizing, believing, and expecting God to do mighty things. Everybody say, expecting. Can we just stop here right now? What are you expecting? This is a very important principle. We're going through 21 days of fasting and prayer as individuals, and as a church. What are you expecting? What great things are you expecting in your life? Remember Matthew 9, a famous story. Two blind men. They're in agreement because they hear Jesus is coming. They're in agreement. You know what the agreement is? We're going to yell. We're going to scream. We're going to get his attention and see if we could get healed. So he's coming. They cry out, Son of David, Jesus, please heal us. In agreement, they shout out. That agreement stops Jesus. And he says, what do you want? And they said, we want to be healed. Do you believe that I could do this? And here comes the famous words. According to your faith, let it be to you. According to your expectation, let it be to you. What is your expectation 
I feel this morning the Lord wants to build your expectation of what God wants to do in you, for you, and through you here this last week. Come on, we've got one more week to press in. It's not too late. Everybody say, it's not too late. Come on, if you haven't really got the spirit of this fasting, you haven't been fasting, don't worry about it. Get in on this week. Get in, get aligned, and get in the flow of what's happening right now. It's not too late to get into that flow of the spirit and get into an expectation of what God wants to do in you. It's very exciting to see what is happening all around us. Hebrews 11, a very famous foundational verse of Christianity and faith, says this. Without faith or expectancy, faith and expectancy are very clear. Be it unto you according to what you expect. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. First, you must believe that he is, but how many of you know that's not enough? You must also believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, if you don't believe he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, you're in trouble because you're going out of faith. What is your expectation? If you're giving God special time and special attention, how many of you think he might give you some special attention right back? And that's the expectation that we need to build as we go into this last week and we come into mega prayer. What a great night. Mega prayer. All three campuses, remember, we're not coming to Rocky Butte. We're going to Rocky Butte 217 and Mill Plain Campus. We're going to all three campuses. Everybody say all campuses. All campuses. Now, if you show up at Rocky Butte and you really, you can go whichever one you want. We're going to do a new thing. A new thing to launch into 2010. We're going to go all campuses for this mega prayer. What is your expectation? I want to encourage you to do something. How many can say, I can think of a few things I would like out of my life in 2010? How many can say, I can think of a few things I'd like into my life in 2010? I'm going to ask you to consider this. Why don't you get along with God and actually write down about five things or whatever that you'd like to see get out of your life, be pruned out of your life. And why don't you write down about five things that you'd like into your life? Everybody say agreement. There's something about it when you stop long enough to think and write something down that makes a difference. It comes into agreement with yourself. You're writing it down. It's between you and the Lord, and you're writing down these things. I think it's very important to write things down. And in light of that, I want to celebrate something's happening in our Generation Unleashed age group. That's the age group. That's our youth ministry. That's our age group from 12 to 24. I'm so excited at what the Lord has led the leaders in our Generation Unleashed age group to do. They have put together a journal. It's so exciting. They call it Pursue, which means passionately seek after something or somebody. But how many of you know if you're passionately thinking, seeking after Jesus Christ, you're going to get a lot of good things right behind it. And they put in their heart, we want as a youth group and leaders of the youth group, we want to pursue God in 2010 in another dimension. We want to take it to another level. We want to come into another level of agreement every day. Everybody say every day. Every day they're going to be in this journal. There's a reading program gets you through the Bible. There's a place in here that helps you understand prayer and make faith declarations. There's these pages where you can actually journal every day. What God is saying to you, what you're saying to God, what you're praying and believing. How many of you believe if our youth groups gets in agreement and the vast majority does this, something very dynamic might just happen in our youth group. 
I'm so excited about this. Libby and myself, Libby's my wife, we are actually doing this journal. I've been in it. I've been doing it every day. And guess what? It really works. I feel closer to God. I'm hearing from God. I feel cleaner, stronger because of this journal right here, pursuing God. I had an idea, and I want to challenge you. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. Why don't you challenge all the adults and even children, people that aren't from 12 to 24. How many of you think this might be good for somebody besides 12 to 24? What if we got in partnership with the youth department? What if we got in partnership with them and a vast majority of our church started doing this? And we're all coming walking in with our journals and our Bibles. I'll tell you what, it'll make God really happy and the devil really nervous. Come on, give him a migraine headache immediately. Because of agreement. Because it's so important. To agree, touch anything, it shall be done. When my brethren dwell together in unity, there is a commanded blessing of life. How many of you like a commanded blessing from the God who made heaven and earth on every area of your life? That's what we're setting up. What's your expectation? Sometimes we can get kind of in a religious thing and say, oh, it's starting the year, prayer and fasting, or it's for somebody else. No, it's for you, it's for me. There's an expectation God wants to touch your life. He wants to partner with you in a brand new way. But you've got to expect it, you've got to believe it, and you've got to say, I want a partner. Can I ask you to think about this? We have these for sale at the cafe. And I just think it'd be awesome if we'd partner with the youth department and a bunch of us would go, I think there's $6 at the cafe, that you would get one of these and you would partner, come on, get in agreement with the youth department, get in agreement with your own heart and mind, get in such agreement that we launch into 2010 pursuing God. Can I hear an amen? Come on, think about it. Stir yourself and say, hey, I want in on this. Your part counts. Every joint supply and every member does it share to that critical mass, that tipping point. Something explodes into 2010. Expecting. What are you expecting? Ephesians 6, 18. Pastor Frank, in prayer and fasting, he did move us in to the area of the unseen world and praying about the unseen world. This is kind of difficult for us sometimes in Western culture because... Five decades of uh, education, public education, has kind of brainwashed us that there isn't an unseen world necessarily, but there is. The Bible is very clear about this. Ephesians six eighteen, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Why are we praying always with perseverance? Because there's a very real invisible world and a very real invisible enemies all around us. Now, Paul said that we do not have a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So we don't have to have a spirit of fear, but we do need to be alert. Everybody say alert. There's a difference between fear and alert. When you're afraid, you know there's danger, but you don't have a plan. Being alert is you know there's danger, but you are prepared, and you have a plan, and you have an offense and a defense. As we're going into 2010, how many of you know there might be a few difficulties ahead of us? So we're saying, time out, we're going to come, and we're going to get the full armor on. We're going to get our full weaponry. We're going to get our full armor alert and our army alert, and we're going to move into 2010 and know that there's an invisible realm that needs to be dealt with, the famous song, Touching Heaven, Changing Earth. Now let's turn to Daniel. Get the book of Daniel, flip it open. I'm going to paraphrase and just tell you the stories. But this is where we can tap into Daniel because Daniel understood very clearly there was an unseen world. 
This whole idea of the 21-day fast comes out of an experience in Daniel's life where a messenger for heaven comes after his 21 days of prayer and fasting to touch him and to speak to him, and it was a spiritual warfare. Look at what the Word of God says in this area. Then the messenger came and said, Do not fear, Daniel, from the first day. Everybody say, first day. Come on, prayer is kind of a mystery. You wonder, is he hearing, is he not hearing? Here's documentation. From the first day he heard. But let's look what happens. That you set your heart to understand. When you set your heart to partner with me. To humble yourself before your God. To come and say, you're the senior partner. I'm the junior partner. I'm coming to seek you. I'm coming to partner with you. It's set up from the first day. You said, I want to partner with you. From the first day, you got aligned with me. I heard you. Your words I heard, not only did they hear them, look at this. And because of your words, I'm come to speak to you. Look at your neighbor right and I say, your prayers count. Your prayers count individually, your prayers count as a group. He came because of the words of prayer and because of his 21 day fasting. But the prince or the demon over the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Behold, Michael, one of the chief princes or angels, Came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia, the demonic forces in Persia. So as he's coming through, the prayers were releasing him, but there was a spiritual warfare that took place that took 21 days and the right kind of angels to fight off that demon horde over that area to penetrate through. That's where we get the concept of Daniel's 21-day fasting. It was about prayer, intercession, and a spiritual warfare that broke through. Now, Daniel's a very inspiring character, a very famous character in the Bible. And so I'm going to paraphrase this, but I am challenging you. Hope this week you'd actually get into the book of Daniel. Everybody say, just like Daniel. I believe prophetically the Lord wants the impartation this week into you. Something would drop into your mind, drop into your spirit, and expectation of faith would drop into you that some of these characteristics that Daniel had could actually drop into your life and change your life, and you would have similar characteristics. How many of you be in for that? Come on. Jesus said we could ask for good things. I think that would be a good thing. I think that would be a great thing. Let me just remind you quickly about Daniel, what a great man he was. Daniel's wisdom... And divinely given ability to interpret dreams brought him into position of prominence in three, in, in four, actually four different kings' reigns. Amazing. It would be like being on the cabinet of four different presidents. He was in the inner circle of two kings in Babylon. And then when Persian took over Babylon, he was in the inner court of two kings of Persia. This man was so dynamic in every way that four presidents, so to speak, asked them to be on his cabinet. Daniel became God's prophetic mouthpiece. Everybody say partner. Prophetic partner mouthpiece to the Gentile world and the Jewish world declaring God's present and eternal purposes. What a man. Daniel chapter 11, I like this. Daniel chapter 11 contains over 100 specific prophecies of historical events that literally came true. Now that's some serious partnership. That's some detailed partnership he had with God. Nine out of the 12 chapters of the book revolve around dreams, including God's vision involving trees, animals, beasts, images. He is very prophetic. He had images. He had visions. He had nights. He was very special connection and partnership with God. 
Daniel, this is a, Daniel is one of the few well-known Bible characters that there is absolutely nothing negative said about him. Wow. His life was characterized by faith, prayer, courage, consistency, wisdom, lack of compromise. Come on. Power, prosperity, and influence. And last but not least, Jesus refers to him as Daniel the prophet. How many of you would like to learn something from Daniel the prophet this morning? How many of you would like the Holy Spirit to bring some kind of impartation into your life? There's one thing that always kind of challenges us, I think, and does me when I'm talking about Old Testament characters. I think, I don't know about you, I think, wow, they're so magnificent. How could I ever live up or be like that? And you kind of go, man, that, you're not talking to me. I don't know who you're talking to. How can I relate to Daniel? Well, listen, you don't have the same calling of Daniel, but you do have your own calling. And the things that help Daniel fulfill his own calling, how many of you know that can help you fulfill your calling? God is no respecter of persons. The things he did for Daniel, he wants to do for you, maybe in a different form, different timing, but he wants to partner with you, just like he wants to partner with Daniel. Come on, just like Daniel. So let's just stop and wait a minute. He was an Old Testament. Ever say Old Testament? He was an Old Testament character, and that's obvious. He had the law. The Spirit would come down for work and then lift off, and it was wonderful. They had the natural sacrifices. It's a big deal. But we come over, and we live in the New Testament. Everybody say, New Testament. The New Testament is a better, stronger testament. Why? Because the Messiah has come. And he came, the Lamb of God. And he died and bled for us, but he rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession. Come on. He said, I'm sending the baptism of the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. You're going to have the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the mind of Christ through the Spirit. Come on. We have a lot of potential. You could actually say technically, a New Testament believer has more potential. Everybody say potential than the Old Testament. It's another dispensation. And so it's your advantage I go away. If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come into you and abide in you. Not your neighbor and say, no excuses. Come on, no excuses. Come on, you got potential of, a new, of Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when I'm telling these stories, say, oh, that's Daniel. No, no, no. You have as much or more potential as Daniel because you're in the New Testament. Now, your gifting, your timing, what you do might be different, but your potential for success is actually better. Let's look at his life. I believe that Daniel's um, success in his life came from his understanding of agreement and prayer with fasting. Uh, he, he was so successful, and right at the heart of it was this idea of agreement. Daniel, as you get into this book, you'll see he made a threefold covenant agreement. Number one, he made an agreement with himself. Then he made an agreement with God. Then he made an agreement with three of his friends. We're going to get into this a little bit. But everybody say agreement. A threefold agreement. A threefold word is not quickly broken. Now, go to Daniel 1. I'm just going to read a little bit of it and set up the story. And then we're going to get into the story and see what happened when they made this agreement. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand and some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of God. And he brought articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants, some of the nobles. 
Young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who would have the ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so at the end that they might serve before the king. Wow, big idea. Daniel and his three friends came as slaves from a conquered nation. Not a real great start. They came, taken away from their family, coming to a different culture, different religions, different education systems, actually given different names. Because the big idea was they were going to come and they're actually going to be brainwashed and take on a different identity. It was a scary, dangerous time for three teenagers to come into this atmosphere. I don't know about you. Sometimes I can identify just being a Christian in our culture. Can I hear an amen? Sometimes as I go out there, I know I'm supposed to be the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. But sometimes when I go into our culture, I kind of feel like the tail. Honestly, there's such a bombardment of carnality and temptation. It sometimes feels overwhelming. I'm not sure it did to those three, those four boys. They just felt overwhelmed by what's happening all around them, this anti-God culture that they were going into. And uh, sometimes I feel like, sometimes I feel like I'm living in such a, an aggressive, uh, confrontive, anti-Christ culture that's trying to brainwash me every day. How many know it's a battle for the mind? These things penetrating to us. So you think about Daniel, think about us, it's kind of similar. Come on, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we all face that. Daniel is coming into this. He's going into the Babylonian world and all that meant in a negative sense and maybe a positive sense. But he knew inside, I'm not of that world. And he did something very, very significant. The key is verse 8. In this tough situation where he was coming to be brainwashed or brain trashed and bashed to lose his identity. Look what he did. But Daniel purposed in his heart, wow, that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Everybody say agreement. He made an agreement right there in his own heart. He made an agreement with God said, I am not going to be of this kingdom. I might have to be here. I might have to be in school. I might have to have a different name. But inside of me, I'm not going to deny my God and how I was raised and my covenant with my... I am making an agreement no matter what. That was the foundation of all his success was this first agreement. And as we're coming into 2010, I'm so excited. The pastor and the Holy Spirit has us coming in in 21 days of fasting so we can really come in to an agreement and a new dimension in our own life individually and then corporately. We can say, hey, I'm not going to allow myself to be defiled by this culture all around me. Romans 12. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you give yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There we are. There's how we're starting this year. And I think that is a big God idea. I thank God that we're starting. And I want to build your expectation for what this can mean to you. This could change your life forever everybody's life around you forever. Because you see, as Daniel made this decision, things started changing around him. Number one, he got three of his friends to make the same commitment. 
in a covenant with him. Same three. They made that same commitment. And you go through the story, you see they got the same results. It was kind of like they came into a four-wheel drive. Like a four-wheel drive, you have a four-wheel drive so you can navigate any train. So one wheel's always gripping. They had that covenant. How many of those boys didn't have a good day every day? But they were praying for each other. They were covering each other. They were encouraging each other. It's huge. That's why we have small groups. We talk all the time about small groups because it's essential. We believe in the temple and coming together, but it's essential to be in small groups. These guys would have never navigated this tough situation they were. They came in top dogs. They went to underdogs, but as you go, they end up on top dogs again. How did they do that? Everybody say, four-wheeling. <laughs> and that's why we talk about small groups. If you're not in a small group, we're going to hear more about it next month. It's essential. For you to be everybody say, just like Daniel. Come on, if you want to have the success, Daniel, you've got to be like him. You've got to work his principles. He understood small group. Now, let's note all the supernatural favor that came into their lives after they made the covenant, come on, with themselves and God and each other. I'm just going to run through these things because I believe that same, ever say potential, come on, that same potential is for you in principle. Number one, what happened when they said this? They found favor with a supervisor over them. And this is pretty significant. The eunuch said, hey, Daniel, I like you, but if I let you do this and you don't turn out as healthy as the other students, I could have my head cut off. But in spite of the danger of letting Daniel have a 10-day test of eating differently, the eunuch did it. Come on, the heart of the king's in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it wherever he will. Something open, that a commitment, that commitment agreement with God, at least something that would change that man's life, that he would even take a risk to let him eat differently. Because part of eating differently was part of the covenant with God, because that was part of their laws and their alignment with God. It was not just, of course, natural food, but it was also spiritual food. He said, I'm not going to eat their natural food. I'm not going to eat their spiritual food. I'm going to navigate this thing, but I'm going to stay in agreement with God and my friends. Look what happened. After the 10 days test, guess what? It says, they were stronger and fairer than all the other students. Come on, their bodies was touched. When you're in alignment and agreement with God, how many of you know your physical health can be a lot better? Because your mental health is better. You know, you had mental health, emotional health, physical health. When they walked into that room, come on, they were shining like a light. There was a countenance of the purity of the Lord, a confidence, a security. A Holy Ghost boldness was on them, and they were strong and healthy. That is not an accident. It was because they were in agreement, and God touched their physical bodies. Third, what happened? He gave them knowledge and skill and literature and wisdom. They were already very smart guys. That's why they were picked. But God supernaturalized their mind. He touched their mind and took it to another level. How many of you like that? If you're 49 and holding, I bet how many raise your hand? You'd like God touch your mind. <laughs> Come on, to get your mind touched in a supernatural way. Daniel was also given an ability in the prophetic to do dreams and visions, which opened all kinds of doors for him. How did that all happen? Because they were in alignment and it released this blessing and this favor. They actually were so gifted and supernaturalized by God that it said when the king interviewed all the students that they were 10 times better than all the other students. And not only that, they were 10 times better than their teachers. 
It said they're 10 times better than the astrologers and magicians and all those other older, so-called wiser, more educated. No, their minds were supernaturalized at such a place. They were 10 times better. What a big idea. Come on, the Holy Spirit wants to come and teach you and remind you. The Holy Spirit says, I'll come and give you uh, hints into things that come. That's a role of the Holy Spirit to help you. Come on, we have the same potential to see and hear and grow and have the mind of Christ. What is your expectation? Okay, maybe you don't have the faith to say, I could be 10 times better than anybody in my school. I could be 10 times better than the next business, my opponent. I could be 10 times better in sports. Okay, I'm not saying 10 times. It's the principle. Could you believe you could be five times better? Where's your expectation? Do you believe you could be two times better? Where's your expectation? Do you believe you could just be better? Look at your neighbor right and I say, I think I could at least be better. Come on. I think I can at least, but what's your expectation? Ten times better. Wow. Because they made an agreement. They made a covenant. They knew how to pray and fast. You know what else? They were given supernatural courage in the face of death. How many of you know that's a big deal? I've always wondered how these people go through it. I just got to believe something comes on you at that point and you can do it. Daniel's three friends. How many remember? The story, you need to read it, be in devotions. Nebuchadnezzar built this big gold statue, and everybody was supposed to bow down. The three boys say, we're not bowing down. The king said, if you don't bow down, we're going to put you in the fiery furnace. Three boys said, hey, I made an agreement with myself. I made an agreement with my God. I made agreement with my three friends. I'm not bowing down. He said, we're going in. Our God who created heaven and earth, he can save us if he wants to. But if he doesn't want to, we're going to heaven. We're not bowing down. How many of you know that's a supernatural touch of courage? How many of you know we're coming facing things all the time? I feel I'm facing all the time in my life, and I know you are. When we go out there, there's faces challenge. Are you going to compromise? Are you going to deny Christ? I don't know. In so many ways, we're so attacked. You know, our culture, you're, you're, you're tempted to lie. You're tempted to cheat. You're tempted to move into sexual immorality. What you see on TV and hear in music. I see all this stuff's around you all the time. These guys said, no, we're not going to be defiled. My eye gate, my ear gate, my mouth, my associates, I'm not going to be defiled. What if we, individually and corporately, as we go into 2010, we all as a group say, I am not going to be defiled in any way. That we make a covenant in ourselves and together say, no, no, I'm going to stay straight with the Lord. I'm not going to give in to lust of flesh, lust of eyes, or pride of life. No, I'm going to come into 21 days of prayer and fasting, agreeing with God and disagreeing with the world. Amen? That's what we're doing. You know, when you do that, God comes out and he partners with that. Partners in such a way that you won't back down, even in a tough situation. Remember Daniel's story. Darius made this 30-day law that nobody could pray to anybody but him. And Daniel said, I made an agreement. I love the way this says this. Now, when Daniel knew the writing was signed, or the law was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with the windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day, prayed and gave thanks before his God, as his custom was since the early days. Everybody say, agreement. He made an agreement. And he wasn't backing down, even to death. And we know the story. There's a happy ending on both stories. Not only gave him courage, look at, gave him supernatural protection in a life and death situation. 
Remember the story of the three boys? King was so mad, he said, build that fire seven times hotter. And they were thrown in there. And the guys threw them in there and got killed. And all of a sudden, the king's looking in there and says, didn't we throw in three? There's four in there. And the one that's in there, they're walking free. And the one in there looks like the son of God. Wow. I don't know who came in that fire. Maybe it was Jesus, maybe an angel. But we know the story. The only thing that got burned was the ropes and bondages. They're walking free. They came out of there. And remember what it says? Not even the hint of smoke was on them. Wow, what a story. What a story. Maybe you're not going into a physical fire. How many of you can have mental fires, relational fires? Come on, financial fires. You can. You can be in it. God wants to come. If we make that agreement, there's a special touch to get us through that. How about Daniel? Same thing. Threw him into lion's den. Darius was sad. He was kind of double-crossed. Threw him in there. And the angel of the Lord shut the mouth of the lion. Wow. What else? Given positions of great responsibility, great influence, and great wealth. What a story. Slave boys, teenage slave boys captured, brought to an alien nation to be brainwashed and change their identity. Unbelievable. They went from the top of their culture to the bottom of the other culture, couldn't speak the language, everything upside down. But because of the favor of God, because of their commitment, they navigated from the bottom clear to the top. Now that's salt and light. Can I hear an amen? That's being an ambassador for Christ. God wants to take your life the same way. Maybe not to be over nations, but around your neighborhood, in your school, in your business. I don't know. He has a calling and grace on your life to be an influence for him. It starts with an agreement. And we're taking a new agreement in 2010. Individually and corporately, as we come and pray and fasting for 21 days, just like Daniel. Come on, we're setting ourselves up for the same principle, same results, but in our own personality and our own life. Amazing what happened as they were set over those kingdoms. And like I said, Daniel served in four presidential cabinets. I don't know if there's anybody in United States history who's even done that. I don't know. Somebody find out, let me know. Last, just a summary. Given leadership anointing, authority, power, wisdom, prophetic insights, physical strength, courage, creativity for leading. I like this. In spiritual areas, financial areas, and civil government areas. In the church, in the business world, in the governmental world. God wants us to penetrate our culture. Be in our culture, but not of our culture. That we would touch every area of our life. With his love, and his truth, and his power. The educational systems, come on, touch. How many know they need a touch? How many know the governmental team? They need a touch. How many know the financial They need a touch. How many know the spiritual world and church world needs a touch? How are they going to be touched? By you and me. That's the whole big idea. And that's what we're coming to say. We're reporting for duty. We're coming in prayer and fasting to get aligned individually and corporately. So as we go into 2010, we're just like Daniel. That we've made this agreement with ourselves, with our guard, and with each other. So when we go in, that we're going to have the same kind of potentials here to move in a different grace in your life. Another power, authority, open doors for you, provision for you. It all starts with an agreement. 